Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, why are people into that, fans? June is Pride Month at the Pleasure Chest. You've got your brightly colored yet sensible shoes for taking to the streets, but do you have all the sexy gear you need to express the resistance of your queer pleasure? Well, on Friday, June 15th, the 7th Avenue West Village Pleasure Chest is hosting free Pride-themed terror readings. And while you're in the store, you can pick up your Pride supplies from strap-on harnesses to party-sized lube bottles for 15% off. And of course, there's Pride-themed free events at all the New York, Chicago, and Los Angeles stores all month long. Follow Pleasure Chest on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, and visit PleasureChest.com to find out more. The Pleasure Chest has been serving the LGBTQ community for nearly 50 years, so show yourself some extra special sparkly queer love this Pride season and year-round at the Pleasure Chest. Hello, and welcome to Why Are People Into That? Live at the Pleasure Chest in New York City. Well done, well done. So I'm Tina Horn. I'm so happy you're all here. Uh, Why Are People Into That? is my slutty, kinky, queer as fuck sexuality podcast. I've been producing and hosting it for going on five years now. You can subscribe to it for free on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. And for the past, uh, really going on the past year, the Pleasure Chest has been hosting Why Are People Into That? live here at their store on 2nd Avenue. You can actually, you'll probably be able to hear Second Avenue um, uh, throughout most of this recording. In the past, we've been in the basement, and now for the first time, we are like on street level. So we're like moving on up. I don't know. We're closer to the vibrators now, which is always good. And the main difference between the regular podcast and the live show is that on the podcast, I usually will have one guest and they will choose one topic and we will explore it in depth. Uh, But in the live show, we, as you can see, we have a little bit more of a panel and we cover a whole bunch of different topics. Um, And instead of one guest, I have two and I would love to introduce them to you. So um, my guests today are Leon, who works here at the Pleasure Chest. Give it up for Leon. Hey, how's it going, everybody? And Mackenzie Peck. And I'm going to read their, their bios up, but Mackenzie is the creator and editor-in-chief of Math Magazine, which uh, looks very uh, academic and innocuous, but is full of naked people. <laughs> um, 
But I would love to start by introducing Leon. Uh, Leon has gave me a very short bio, but I'm sure that he contains multitudes. Um, uh, but Leon is a uh, worker, an employee uh, here at the Pleasure Chest, and a budding sex educator who has been active in the kink community for around eight years. So how long have you worked at the Pleasure Chest, Leon? Um, it's been like 10 months now. Like, cool. Yeah, pretty fun. Yeah? Mm-hmm. Feeling good? Yeah, definitely. Fantastic. And what do you do when you're not at work at the pleasure chest um mostly i just sleep on my days off but um sometimes i i go out to like kink events a lot of like nerdy kink events like following cons and stuff um very fun munches all that good stuff oh can you uh tell the people what a munch is if they don't know what it is oh so like it's a social gathering of kinksters in like a non-kink environment very neutral maybe like go to a diner out to a restaurant to get drinks and like a meet and greet kind of cool I, Mackenzie, I know you wanted to ask more about sleep. I have a follow-up qu- question. <laughs> okay, so do you like sleep on your side or your stomach or like what's? I'm I'm like a stomach sleeper, definitely. Oh, like one leg kicked out, very comfortable. Me too. <laughs> mm. Oh, that's actually a good, that's a good icebreaker. How, how do you, how do you sleep? And then it's like, okay, I know what kind of back problems you have. <laughs> I'll be yeah, and it's worth it. It's totally worth it. Yes, definitely. I'm either like a like a propped up princess and I'm I'm like a I'm like a three pillow minimum <laughs> gal. Um or I'm like a I'm like a switch spooner. I'm like a constant switch spooner and also like if I don't have a human to spoon, like I will appropriate like anything I also like wrap will in the night whilst sleeping will like create like something to hold on to from like whatever blankets are are there oh like it's like making like a golem like out of um a comforter <laughs> for spooning um okay so and now i'd like to introduce our special guest mackenzie peck mackenzie was born on valentine's day destiny Raised in Connecticut, maybe also Destiny, and graduated from the Maryland Institute College of Art, magna cum laude, did I say it right? You did. Cool. You nailed it. Yeah, cool. especially the cum part. Okay. Um, that's a joke that writes itself. Uh, so three years ago, Mackenzie set out on a path to becoming a pornographer. Now, with the hotly anticipated sixth issue of Math Magazine coming out soon, she is working to revolutionize social norms and evolve industry methodologies. So what does that even mean, Mackenzie? <laughs> what, uh, tell us a little bit about Math Magazine and how you are evolving industry methodologies. Oh, jeez. <laughs> Why you got to throw me in the deep end? Like, you put it in your bio. <laughs> First of all, I have to say it's a real privilege to be on your show. Um, like talking about methodologies and things like I studied up on you and I remember starting out and being like really intimidated by you and your legacy. And now I'm on your show. And like that means a lot to me. Thank you. Um, <laughs> thank, thank, thank you for saying that. It's a oh oh so god for real, right? Like, Don't stop. Jeez. Oh my god. Well, my legacy is community, so you're a, you know you're a big fucking deal, um, and you inspire <laughs> me. So thank you. Um, anyway, so I'm trying to you know change the way we think about porn and sex and you know in everyday life the way we think of our own sexualities. Um, just to give a little general. 
Well, I, you know, I'm going to I'm going to ask you a surprise question that I just thought of, which is can you describe a photo set or some kind of content from the newest issue, the sixth issue that and you're having a party on Thursday for that, right? Yeah. Cool. Maybe you can uh, plug that uh, in a little bit, but can you describe either the, the pro like an interesting story about the process of producing something that's in the new magazine or something that you, an obstacle, an obstacle that you had to face. This is like a job interview. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, or, or, or even just describing like something that like aesthetically just like totally blew your mind about your own magazine. Yeah, yeah, totally. I think um, the big thing for me is to try to combine ideas and visuals that we don't see enough of, right? Mm. So um, I was lucky to have a reader get in touch with me saying, uh, I can suck my own dick. What's up? You want to take my picture? I'm like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, I do. <laughs> um, so a big challenge for me is sort of seeing these opportunities to create something I've never seen before and really like taking that responsibility and, and doing everything I possibly can. So for that shoe, it was really important to me that the person taking the pictures was female or non-binary. Um, there are qualities to images that like are made by um, people who are not cis guys that are like indescribable like and mm. unexpected like so just by virtue of putting these people in positions of power um in creating images is really special um and i do that as often as i possibly can um a challenge was that it was all on the west coast in like nevada or something or like but like hard to find people right hard to find photographers and we we pulled off this beautiful beautiful shoot um, and it was done in a high-end hotel. Um, so I could see like male pleasure, like being seen as yucky and uh, embarrassing or something. So we really wanted to elevate the aesthetic. So it's all like gold and nice sheets and there's a jacuzzi and mm. his there's like oil in his beard and we were looking at like Egyptian artwork and it's just like elevating uh, male self-pleasure. Um, and I'm like infinitely <laughs> pleased with it. <laughs> Um, that is exciting. I can't wait to look at it, the, especially the beard oil. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, yes, yes, you can suck your own dick, but like what kind of beard oil do you use? <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, I think it, it played a significant role in his personal sexual journey, and I think it might have been a part of him coming out to people in his life like, this is something I enjoy doing. Yeah. And I think that's the case for a lot of the collaborations that I have. It's more than just a photo shoot. It's more than like, I want to be a porn star. It's like, I'm figuring something out or I'm exploring a new side of myself or I've decided to let people know that I'm a sex worker and this is like the beginning of that. Um, so yeah. That's fucking awesome. Thanks. <laughs> so the first wire people into that that I want to ask you guys about is a continuation of that, which is wire people into porn magazines. Now, obviously, porn magazines used to be the norm, and now they are 
perhaps it is perhaps a a, a dying breed or a chill, or a rare... chill with the dying <laughs> thing, all right? Jeez. <laughs> good call. Good Calm call. Down. No, vi- I know vinyls back. So yeah, yeah. Porn magazines are well. No, you're 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 keeping you're you're keeping it alive. But but why why are I mean why are people into that? Like why 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 make a porn magazine? in a day and age when you can just have a website. Um, Actually, soon you won't be able to. We're going to talk about <laughs> politics in a second. But first... To touch on that, I mean, I am more free in print than I am anywhere else. I can do whatever the fuck I want in that magazine. And, like, right? That says enough right there. That's amazing. Um, so I think that's a big part of it. Also, the idea of, like, the medium is the message. Like, our content is different than what you're going to find generally on the internet. So why not have the format reflect that, too? It's, like, literally. Yeah. So, I mean, that's so that's so interesting. I mean, it's not surprising that as a as a producer, as an editor-in-chief, as a as a maker, as a as a creator, as a pornographer, that you would answer why people are into producing magazines but why do you think people are into looking at them for me it's a luxurious experience uh like when i'm reading a book like i'm enjoying the book but i'm also enjoying the fact that i've decided to just do this one thing Mm. and i think nowadays deciding to just do one thing is like a really big deal (laughs) yeah that's so fucking true and it feels like a mini vacation or something. So like I'll be reading a book, but I'll also be like, I'm just lying here reading a book. Like what's up? Like I'm really like the person I want to be. <laughs> <laughs> um, also like looking at my com- looking at porn on my computer. There's like my text messages go to my laptop, and my mom's like, Hey, so when are you gonna come visit this summer? Um, you know, like like these interruptions for the experience. Or I find myself all of a sudden answering work emails when I'm trying to like do a thing (laughs) that is one thing that you can definitely say about porn magazines is that they don't turn into your mom and ask you questions (laughs) (laughs) which your laptop does like that could literally happen right now to this laptop (laughs) yeah yeah and then like my hacker who's watches me through my computer and my phone uh like you we're, mean we're like the government? Out. Yeah, you know, like we're hanging out all the time and it's like sometimes I want to be by myself. <laughs> what about you, Leon? Um, I Do you want to move your totally, beautiful yeah. face yes. closer to the mic? Oh, you're so nice. Um, uh, I think like the tactile feel of just having it in your hands is really cool and I totally get the like being able to get lost in like print media. You're reading a book for like six hours on and you had like chapter 25 for dinner it's great um being able to just take yourself out of like the moment so like no checking work emails no uh like i can't hear people while i'm reading so it's great it's great mm-hmm. totally take some time off um uh personally i love print and like i'm a huge nerd so like written drawn like Oh, and, and, and your articles are going to be, like, way different than, like, the advertisement on, like, porn <laughs> websites on the corner. Like, oh, take this pill, and, like, mm. no one will ever hate you again. But <laughs> <laughs> um, Yeah, like, what kind of... I, don't, I have no idea what else I can say, but, like, what kind of stuff, like, do, do you also, like, have besides the, the pictures? Like, 
Sorry, I'm, I'm nervous. I'm nervous. I'm glad I'm not the only one who's nervous, but I think I'm the most nervous. <laughs> oh, you're doing so amazing. Uh, you're too, she's too nice, guys. <laughs> <laughs> I would tell you if you weren't being amazing. Uh, okay, I appreciate that. That's so hot. That's so hot. <laughs> well, yeah. No, can can you uh, talk a little bit, uh, Mackenzie, about what other content you yeah. put in the magazine? So there's erotic photography, and maybe we can also like put pins in these and, and talk about like why people are into the different kinds of stuff that you have within the magazine. Sure, yeah. Um, so there's stories, um, poetry. We have some interviews and um, artwork. Um, and I think people get really excited about the artwork because um, it is pretty common to see uh, porn photography. Yeah. Um, and I like to really find high-quality um, artists that hopefully people don't already know about. Um, so, yeah. yeah. Cool. Yeah. So the people can thing, read it for the articles. <laughs> for real, though. Yeah. yeah. Um, like, for example, in the new issue, I'm very into uh, uh, a story that an intern wrote. I told my team that I was having um, Elon Musk uh, sex dreams. <laughs> and um, so he basically wrote this fanfic just for me. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> and I love it so much. And I, I've been tweeting at Elon. Um, like, we're on the first name basis or whatever. But um, I've been, like, tweeting at him to, like, try to, like, get him to read this thing, you know. So if anybody knows, anybody, you know. So is it, like, sending <laughs> you to, to, to Mars, like, in a... In a you'll just have to... You'll oh, you know to what? See. Yeah, totally. Absolutely. So there's, like, oh, so there's, there's stories. There's, like, erotic fiction. Right. And then yeah. we'll have interviews as well, like people I admire. Um, we have an interview with uh, Erica Lustin, an issue. There's an interview where uh, Stoya talks to Buck Angel. So like two legendary porn performers talking. Um, cool. It's great. Yeah. It's awesome. Amazing. <laughs> I want to say that another thing that I really like about spending time with erotic magazines, whether it is just to explore or experiment or just get in the mood or find out about new things or whether I'm like actually looking to be aroused and masturbate and, and get off. Um, I also really like the smell of, oh, yeah. oh, <laughs> yeah. and like <laughs> laptops don't, don't just don't have that yet. Yet. Yeah. Smell of vision. It actually does seem like something they would do is like make, like they make Kindles that look like books. It seems like there would be like a special little like smelly thing that you could like put on I really, it, I really think that that's like a thing in the works. I don't want, I don't like that. Digital scratch and sniff. Like. <laughs> I don't, yeah. I, that's well, just I my personal opinion. But if, you know, I don't want to yuck anybody's yum if you're. Yeah. I think Hustler had a scratch and sniff. Right? I wouldn't put that past them. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it would be... But that's the thing. Like, if the magazine... If you could make it so that the magazine smelled like pussy, that would be great. But I also just like the smell of paper. <laughs> <laughs> Do you, like, flip the pages, like, right by your nose as you... <laughs> I mean, I definitely do that with, like, musty paperbacks. Okay. Yeah, for real. I'm glad I'm not alone. You like the people. smell of, like, moldy paper. Yeah. Same. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, totally. But the other thing about it being a physical object that I like is um, it's sort of a signal. Mm -hmm. um, 
we I like the idea of putting out the magazine and and if somebody happens to page through it maybe you'll have a really interesting conversation that you wouldn't have otherwise you get mm. to kind of subtly reveal something about yourself um, and if other people pick up on that it can sort of lead to other things um, cool sometimes I hear about these other things oh my. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> would yeah. you like to give us an example um, just, yeah, just, uh, I heard from somebody who is dating a person they met through Math Magazine, and, uh, like, I get, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to reveal too much, but I'm excited, and I hope more and more people will, like, let me know about the crazy hookups or amazing conversations they end up having as a result of, like, just having the magazine out. That's so hot. And so you're, you're like, you're creating and generating love and connection in the world hell yeah i mean do, uh, there's such a there's such a stereotype of porn and erotic material of all kinds being pathetic and isolating can you guys speak to that stereotype and where you think it comes from and where whether or not you think it's true um well in my family it's probably a cultural thing like um a lot of like my family is uh, from Jamaica, so they're Caribbean and they're really conservative about beliefs. So I've had uh, books found under bed that were literally thrown onto like the stove and burned, like as a kind of like a uh, kind of like a, a this is what happens or like DVD snapped in half. Oh, so geez. like there's a lot of like showmanship in it to just be like, oh, this is wrong and like. I'm going to show you and this is what happens and then that gets passed along and just handed down and it's really 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 terrible like uh and makes people very ashamed so like a lot of people don't explore themselves and like the dynamics they can have with potential partners until way later in life so where do you think that fear and shame and need to establish authority through destruction comes from um a lot of that person's shame like their own internal biases and uh perhaps they were judged in the same way and like that's their way of lashing out it's like if i can't do it you can't do it mm. um it's like a terror it's just a terrible cycle of violence to be honest yeah I agree. And it seems like you're breaking that cycle by working here, right? That is, yeah, yeah. Explain to my folks that I worked in a sex shop was like very, very interesting. <laughs> it was just like, you're going down the wrong path and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, I need to pay my bills, first of all. <laughs> and I'm going to do what I need to do. It's great. Plus, I have to do something with all this knowledge of sex toys. Like, it's just a waste <laughs> uh, to be arguing with people on comments on like sex toy <laughs> websites. <laughs> Uh, that's not actually silicone. It's <laughs> a mixed material and still porous. <laughs> well, I'm so curious not to like put you in the hot seat too much, but I'm curious about like where did all of this knowledge about sex toys and like your interest in kink and not not only like having a personal interest in or desire for kink, but also mm -hmm. clearly like a desire to participate in and, and create community around mm -hmm. kink identity where where when did that when did that start where did um, that come from like many people it started in college um uh so i was like i said part of like a really traditional family and i 
did not have sex before like I started college. And I was like, man, when I have sex, it's gonna be great. I'm gonna like learn all this, I'm gonna, I'm gonna learn all my stuff like before. I don't wanna have like a terrible movie moment, sex experience. Um, and I was just like, I gotta know about toys, I gotta know about this. Um, and spent a lot of my time just surfing the internet through toy websites and like reading the back of uh, <laughs> boxes that they came in. You are a, you are a fine upstanding citizen, I, my friend. I'm a huge nerd. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and then like it turns out that the nerd community is like just intersexed with the kink community a mm. little bit. So there's a why lot do you of, think that is? Um, it's like a subculture thing and like very very expressive. Like there's just so much. Every convention I've been to or even ones I haven't been to, there's always like after parties and there's always like big stories on like things that went down, official events and non-official events. If you get a bunch of uh, nerds running around, they all feel like interconnected because of their communities and they're in a big hotel. Things are going to happen. And they're already <laughs> cosplaying, right? Yes. So you like, yeah. might as well. That's it. Costume fetishes are a big thing. <laughs> <laughs> um, cool. Yeah. Awesome. Well, I'm really glad. Thank you for sharing something so personal. And also, I'm just, I'm really glad that you can recognize that that is where you were coming from and as Mackenzie said that you're that you're breaking that cycle and like showing that you're like you're changing your own culture as you go along yeah. <laughs> hell yeah thank you <laughs> um so you brought up well so let's let's talk a little bit about erotic photography why are people into erotic photography? What is it specific to, you know, there's so many, there's so many videos available to us and accessible on the internet for anyone with a computer and an internet connection these days. So what does, what does still photography still have to offer? Why are people into that? I think it's um, can be focusing, you know, um, to not have the production of video, to mm. not have the sounds and the storylines um, can be helpful. Storylines. <laughs> sometimes there's storylines. I'm just I'm just joking, but sometimes <laughs> sometimes there's storylines with air quotes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. Focusing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Cause I was thinking about all the different formats. Um, should I pause? Porn, porn protesters have <laughs> or porn supporters? I no, maybe they're, they're honking for porn. Yeah. They're like, yeah, photography. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh. But I was thinking about all the different uh, formats. So, so you know, there's there's writing, there's photography, video. Mm. Uh, we were talking about ASMR. Um, oh yes, I think. Can you explain what ASMR is? Um, I don't know what it actually. Do you know what it stands for? The um, um, I'll have the inter uh, internet. You have the internet. Um, so you know, you like make sounds and uh, with a nice microphone, and people listen to them and feel tingly and stuff. Right. Autono <laughs> autonomous, autonomous sensory meridian response it's like when you like the thing that gives you the tingles the tingles yeah thank you google <laughs> <laughs> thanks for nothing google um but for each of these 
uh, formats, you know, I think it's a different type of focus, focused attention. Mm. Um, and I think e everybody should try all of them um, because you you might find like like I love gifts. For example, oh, oh like porn, porn gifts, like yeah, an, like animated well, and gifts. like not porn gifts actually. <laughs> yeah, I I do love I, that. Is, it is one of my favorite things about the internet is expressing myself through gifts. And the the perfect gift for the perfect moment is just like <laughs> very rewarding. Um, Agreed. But you know the loop um, format is just so natural to masturbation. It's just it's a gift. A gift, a gift, gift. <laughs> thank you. Thank you for giving that to me. <laughs> I gifted it to you. <laughs> um, yeah, I hope that, that answers your question. Um, when I was walking over here, though, I was thinking about the psychology of, like, people watching other people do sexy stuff mm -hmm. and whether you, what you might get out of it. You know, do I imagine myself as one of those people or am I watching it am I getting off on like how I think it's confusing or am mm. I getting off on be being the voyeur mm. um sort of all of the these types of consumption you're like inserting yourself in different ways um and I think that's that's really interesting and how you might go about it depending on the format I totally agree I'm like very aware that my experience of like looking at sexy things again like in a masturbatory like arousal getting off way is like all about like identifying i need to identify with like lots of different i can't just identify with one person which is why i like gangbang porn because i can I, I can like be the woman like being desired by all these men and then i can like be that guy and then i can be that guy <laughs> like <laughs> uh th that like creates i don't know like the thing that i need to get off apparently living vicariously through like multiple yeah okay yeah yeah, yeah. it's Sorry. like i'm yeah yeah anyway <laughs> i mean i think i think that's that's really amazing i love that and it's and it all it, it enables you to be more than just than just you or to do things that you can't you literally cannot do like but the funny thing is is that this is a tangent but i think that people have a lot of they make a lot of assumptions or have a lot of hangups or anxieties about the kind of porn that they like and what it says about them. And, you know, like, for example, I'm queer and I almost never have sex that you would call straight, but my favorite porn to get off to is straight porn because just by definition, like that is, I'm attracted to men and women. And when I'm watching porn, I want to see male and female bodies and like straight porn just is the kind of porn that has men and women in it. <laughs> so I'm not like, does this mean I'm secretly straight? Like, you know, <laughs> I just like want, those are the, those are the bodies and, and the like gender play that I, that I want to see. I mean, there's a lot of other kinds of porn that I like to see too, but that's like my go-to. Mm -hmm. And there's a wide array of imagery that can arouse you, but it doesn't necessarily mean that you want to do it or it is you or anything like that. Yeah. You know? Or when you're in a rush, you know, <laughs> <laughs> which I often am. <laughs> but yeah, I was on a panel with Wednesday Martin, who was talking about um, some studies where like, uh, cis women were shown like a wide array of like different animals having sex mm. and different like scenarios and and for the female for human females were turned on by like a lot of the content um, 
and and the cis guys were um, less so. I thought that was really interesting. But, uh, by animals having sex with each other? Just the whole array, like. The whole idea of like, um, the, the visuals that, that turn you on versus like the, the real scenarios with like your body that turn you on. Right, and or how, how you identify. they can be different, yeah. Uh, yeah, or like what is your truth? It, that reminds me of the bullshit study that according to scientists proved that bisexual men are lying about being bisexual because they like hooked them up to electrodes in a lab and like showed them different kinds of porn and like the kind of porn that gave them boners was like didn't the data like didn't match with how they identified so they were like they're lying bisexuality doesn't exist and i was like i hate i hate confirmation bias you I'm suck confused. <laughs> i'm very very confused you know but those but those 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 studies say you know like they 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 have they have reverberations you know they they we hear that and then we think then we, we feel ashamed it's like oh like the identity that i thought that i have doesn't exist i don't exist i'm not like a real person or like i should like suppress that thing because i'm going to be judged because scientists say i don't exist anyway the same goes for media Right. Absolutely. And representation. Right. Exactly. Totally. Yeah. And if like the thing you do is only seen in porn that like is uh, like shame porn, it's mm. like, oh, like that's the only slot that I can fit into as a desirable person. Like, like <laughs> that's not cool. And that's what I'm trying to like kind of fix. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, I know a lot of people who make a lot of really amazing, uh, you know, porn in the trans genre. One of the most popular tropes in trans porn that features trans people centers around deception and the idea of like, surprise, like I really like have something different in my pants than you thought that I would. And like, that's a fantasy. And that's, you know, it's like a chicken and egg thing. Like, does, is it a fantasy because it's an anxiety, like a social anxiety? And then it, the fantasy, the existence of the fantasy in the porn produces more of the social anxiety and you know I just I think like any kind of media we have to be critical and take responsibility of what are the messages that we're that we're putting out into the world but also porn is disproportionately scapegoated for being responsible for problems in our society and that sucks um, very great. Um, yeah uh, I guess the people assume watching porn makes you a deviant and then like watching uh, porn that's like not normal, or yeah. Whatever, like, even like what is that? You, like super weird. It's like oh, they don't look um, like they don't fit into a stereotypical mold. Oh, they might have like shave size. They might have uh, costumes on in the porn. Like you watch um, cosplay porn, then you must always want someone to dress up, or you always mm. want to dress up. Uh, or if you wear like a choker or a collar, then um, or you must be into like being led around by a leash. Like, mm which is not necessarily true. It might be, and even if it is, like, that's your business, and that's fine. Nobody should really care, but here we are being judged. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Fuck it. <laughs> no more judgment. Okay, we figured that out. <laughs> so the next thing that I want to ask, which has uh, come up, is why are people into erotic fiction? Whether it's about public figure billionaire <laughs> or fictional characters or characters you've invented or people you know why do you think people like reading sexy stories 
immersion. Mm. What what's what's a what's I was gonna say emerging. What what <laughs> why why do you think that there's an immersion in a story that you might not find in a video, for example? Well, I feel like um I can get into the fantasy more easily uh reading a lot of the time. Um especially as a porn producer, I'll find myself critiquing choices. <laughs> you know? <laughs> <laughs> and I kind of can't do that so easily um, when I'm reading. Um, mm. And it's all my my little brain here. Um, so I'm in control of a lot of the elements. So there's more room for interpretation. Like the cinematography up here is like really good. So. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm attracted to everybody. <laughs> totally. Yeah, that's true. There is more room for interpretation or less that is determined when you're reading prose than when you're watching a video. I'm like, maybe I'm in the most control of the fantasy that just occurred to me. Yeah, yeah so if you are into control, <laughs> read a fucking book. <laughs> it's a reading rainbow thing. I really like that. <laughs> what about you, Leon? Um, I like to like take it in at my own pace. So like the reading kind of allows me to control uh, the pacing in my head. Um, and like Mackenzie said, like, you know, you come up with the imagery and like with how everything goes. So like as you're given the descriptions, it's like um, you build the, the characters and like the scenario, you build like the world around everything. And that's not going to turn you on. Um, I mean, rather, um, no one else's vision is going to turn you on more than your own because you know what you like and like without even having to give it like a second thought like they, you build that world in your head and it's like wow they are the tot um like they look so good like uh this woman is 12 feet tall like <laughs> um that would yeah that would be a really difficult like that would be a budget buster like exactly. to try to produce in a video but cgi or whatever forced perspective mm -hmm. uh, yeah but yeah in prose you could just it's easy to do mm -hmm. Like everyone has been disappointed by a Harry Potter movie or like some something because you're just like I just didn't imagine his hair like that. I can't. I don't know. A Harry Potter porn movie. You mean. Harry Potter porn movie. Yeah. yeah. That exists. There is actually. I'll give a shout out. There is a podcast that is all Harry Potter erotica. Oh, it's Potter erotica. <laughs> so, if you're interested in Harry Potter. Audio erotica. Uh, I'm interested. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, shout out to Pod Erotica Pod, <laughs> wherever fine podcasts are listened to. Yeah. Do you guys do, uh, have you guys ever written erotic fan fiction? <laughs> this guy. Um, uh, <laughs> it's like fan fiction is uh, a, a huge staple for like me a lot of uh nerds growing up like i've looked at the history of fan fiction it's a yeah, beautiful history it's, it's like 1960s um women written uh spock and uh kirk fan fiction of star trek is like yeah like the grandfather of fan fiction so true um but it's 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 so fun to like rewrite these characters that you like 
either through like watching something or through reading something have come to like emotionally empathize with and you're just like these they connected so much and like in your head this is what naturally blossoms from that or maybe not or maybe it's like a crazy scenario that would only happen once um and like i have friends that i write uh like erotic fan fiction to or like it's so sweet <laughs> you're such a good friend thank you <laughs> i want to wow. commission one Ooh, <laughs> I, I don't think I'm great. It, 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 it won't be Fifty Shades of Grey, but like, and. that was a dig. <laughs> um, <laughs> um. Well, uh, Fifty Shades of Grey was originally Twilight fan fiction, as many people know. Just had to, you also know. So did. you two. The point is, is that you two could <laughs> make a could make fan fiction and then be like the richest person on earth and one day. I'll watch your movies. It's going to be great. <laughs> hmm. Do either of you like erotic comics? <laughs> <laughs> that is that is why I like agreed. I was like, "Oh, I could totally do this panel." I was like, "I'm not I'm not going to be super great about magazines, but like I'm I'm, I'm Le- uh, I love Leon, comics. why are people why are people into erotic comics? So it's like your through line between um, video and images and just prose. Uh, But you also have like a weird um, ability to make anything possible. So like you can have that 12 foot tall uh, person or like you can be in space, you can be whatever and you don't have to worry about production costs. I mean, you do, but um, (laughs) you don't have to get a camera in space, which is hard. Elon Musk can help with that actually um, um and i i love comics i love erotic comics especially when they have really good story because a lot of times they do have really good story which um is just great it's great i have uh a couple that i'm like on re- uh like continually reading and they like update daily there's one called um the rock Cocks. It's about like a two-piece band. They quit their job and did a live show that was so hot, everyone in the crowd got naked. And like, there was an orgy on stage. It was amazing. They get famous, and like, they're trying to just make their way and keep their brand super sexy and uh, <laughs> not try and get shut down by the government, uh, <laughs> which is which is uh, really relevant. Yeah, and I mean, there's besides that, there's ones that take place in fantasy settings, in space. And another great thing is that uh, people of like all gender identities can tell their stories in a way that's relevant to them. Uh, it's like, it's so hard to describe. Like, I'm excited, I'm actually shaking a little bit. That's like, I was waiting, <laughs> I was waiting for this. Um, I've seen people draw themselves as like anthropomorphic like animals, like people who uh, like, um, are like, oh, I'm cat-like, and like, you know, I can't express that in real life without it looking like weird or janky, but like on page, it looks amazing, and the color's amazing, and the way that they're expressing their love to each other. Also, you can make it like really like non-anatomical. It's, it's, it's great. It's just so exciting. Yeah, you can, you can do, you can do things in comics that defy every law of nature. Mm-hmm. Do you know Do you know sex criminals? I do know sex criminals. It's so good, it's, right? It's amazing. And 
<laughs> Y'all should look up Sex Criminals comic. It's really good. I actually just tweeted at the creators, and we're going to publish like an excerpt from Sex Criminals. If you have any recommendations. That is, well, that is awesome. That's really that awesome. That is awesome. Um, so like, how would you summarize Sex Criminals? It's like every time somebody has an orgasm, they can stop time, they and then they like time. rob banks and stuff. Yes, that is the... That and is fight the, criminals. It's so good. It's so the good. The humor is amazing. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh but also as that that story as it goes on there is a pornographer like sex worker character that is really well written and there's an asexual character that's really well written and there's just um and it's it's also like a fun adventure story it's not just it's not just images of people fucking it's also you like get to know yeah. them and who they are it's like it's, imagine it's really your porn in like just just like uh, not even not film noir but it, it's just your porn with so much better stories it's not like you know the pizza guy rings the doorbell and she doesn't have any money for tip again um <laughs> to be fair i i love a pizza guy <laughs> <laughs> there are like a lot i'm reading that are on just on the web like web comics um, this one called Alfie is really amazing. Hmm. Um, if anyone out here has ever watched like Lord of the Rings or anything like that, um, it's about like a halfling girl. So she's like four feet tall or whatever. No, like sorry, smaller. She's like two and a half feet tall. I'm just gonna guess. But she's tiny and she's going on her own like adventure and sexual awakening and she's meeting like elves other humans this like 12 foot tall goat lady with horns i'm kind of stuck on the 12 foot tall goat lady right now if you didn't guess yeah it's it's we support you <laughs> and like you can tell these kinds of stories like you would not see that especially at your uh, local movie theater um <laughs> or at your library um and it's it's just so beautiful to see it like realized and see that art and ah it's great. Oh my god, amazing! Um, I want to talk. I I I maybe should have warned you guys, um, but the government didn't warn us. So um, I I I would like to talk a little bit about Fosta Sesta. If are you guys up for that? Yeah. Um, so, uh, so first of all, I'm going to let everybody here know what is going on with sexual censorship in the American government right now. And I, uh, am a part of a, uh, collective that is of, of sex workers and folks that have done organizing in sex work communities and, um, and activism for sex work communities. And so I have this... Um, this statement from them because I know that if I start talking about it I'm gonna start babbling and or weeping so um, so for those of you who don't know or even those who do um, FOSTA SESTA basically describes a, a bill that was passed by the uh, House and the Senate and any moment now is due to be signed into law by 45 and the bill vastly expands liability for websites that host content related to the sex trade without any clarity on how to expand the law. This lack of clarity means that every website must now try and assess the liability they will take, they will take on 
under the threat of lawsuits from the federal government and every single state attorney general. Who has that kind of litigation budget? Basically no one. The bill also creates a new federal crime of being an owner or operator of any information system that hosts third-party content which promotes and facilitates prostitution, not sex trafficking. So consensual sex work, not sex trafficking, which is unconsensual. This includes the organizers who set up listservs for sex workers to exchange information. So, so, so by the way, an information system that is that when this bill becomes law will be liable for the third parties that post on it is something that like I don't know something you might have heard of called Facebook or Twitter or Craigslist, which you may have heard by now. Craigslist immediately shut down their entire personal section, including the missed connections section that we've all been uh, enjoying for so many years. Um, not because, you know, it's not, this is not even a crime yet. It's not even a law yet, but uh, the, the potential liability was too great. So they just shut it down, right? So this is what criminalization means. And I, I, could, I could go on and on and on, but the way that this is going to affect all of these things that we're talking about is that the ability to express anything related to sexuality, very, you know, very broadly defined by the federal government, is is under attack. So, so yes, the ability of a sex worker to to advertise or to post pictures of themselves um, on on Twitter, it, you know, the, their ability to do that is under attack. But also every citizen's ability to connect with other consenting adults or to share sexual information or education or creativity, like a webcomic, for example, is is under attack. So like the world is changing all around us and we need to push back against it and fight it if we care about sexual expression, which I'm just guessing if you have come to the pleasure chest tonight for this podcast recording, you do. And if you don't, I don't know why. <laughs> um, so do you, do you guys have anything to, to comment on or add? Um, it's, it's like, really harrowing because um, for a lot of people this is like their livelihood this is how they make ends meet this is like a passion this is something very important to them and to not be able to use that uh, because the government decides to take away this platform or these various platforms is is just horrible it's it's bullying in like its strongest form um, and like just in just as a whole we need to do something because i am like losing it if i can't read my web comics i'm gonna die <laughs> that that's what i do on my days <laughs> off i read my comic and go to sleep um and it, it i mean it's true you know i mean people there's there's the threat of violence and death in the sense that this bill is purportedly designed to protect people from sex trafficking and yet both consensual sex workers and people that are trafficked are going to now be are, are now going to be forced to into less safe situations the the internet internet forums and ways of connecting with clients has been proven over and over again and anecdotally I will add it has been proven to make 
sex workers safer but also like yeah if you don't get your webcomic you're gonna die like <laughs> like it's true like so, like story we you know we've talked a little bit about storytelling and representation and seeing ourselves and seeing sexuality represented in stories even if it is a silly story about the pizza guy like you know th- these these things are are a vital part of what makes us human and what makes culture and um and and what keeps us happy and helps us thriving and and the, the those ways of expressing ourselves and and connecting are incredibly important so it is it it, it is all it is all under threat mackenzie mm-hmm. and it's not the first time no <laughs> it's not the last time no <laughs> i have a lot of faith in the industry actually um for example um alternatives are being presented uh backup plans are being formulated, um, like ways to protect ourselves in this changing environment. Um, I think that uh, pornographers and sex workers have always been at the forefront of technology, kind of out of a sense of survival. And and fighting for free speech and fighting against censorship as well. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So I think, you know, like we are, we're kicked off of uh, Facebook and, I'm sure that Instagram is coming soon um, and we're moving to platforms like Twitter, Twitter on Mastodon. And um, I think we'll always be looking for the new safe spaces. um, Like we're unstoppable. Mm -hmm. That's very hopeful. I like that. That's my job. (laughs) (laughs) I'm already hearing like chatter about people going on like the deep web, like, um, not using any like uh, traditional browser stuff. So like now, sex workers will also add hacking and various like other skills to their repertoire. You'll will be like stronger for it. Um. Yeah, I'm so tired though. <laughs> I'm tired of being strong. <laughs> well, an interesting thing that happens on uh, new apps and sites is that they build a lot of their following off of sex workers. Um, like, I don't know if I should like call out sites, like root, blow them up. Um, like, like I think of... Um, I can always redact it. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, like like young young apps. So like OnlyFans comes to mind. Yeah. Uh, it's a new sort of um, uh, Patreon type website where you can pay uh, media creators directly. Um, and I course- literally have ne- it literally has never occurred to me that OnlyFans was for something besides porn. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. That's what I thought. Exactly. So so it's I like I guess it makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> so of course like above board or whatever it's like oh like cute girl in the kitchen like showing her ravioli recipes or like workout routines but it's really like like all porn, right? <laughs> and so I think you know you get your user numbers up through that and you get your revenue up and then I think of it as like gentrification where then then that's the the sex workers leave and they have their numbers and probably more funding like snapchat or something Mm. and then like then the normies can come in and like and then the sex stuff gets pushed out to the next to like mastodon or whatever um yeah (laughs) <laughs> Absolutely. No, that that's a really good point. I mean, you know, uh, not too far from here is Times Square, which at one point was associated with the sex trades, not only street prostitution, which 
you know, is not always the safest um, and not always the kindest to two vulnerable populations, but um, also was the place where there were a lot of a lot of clubs and a lot of people who didn't have anywhere else to to gather and connect and express themselves could could do that. And then when it becomes literally disnified, then uh, then those then those cultures are perceived as a danger to children or a danger to people being able to make money. <laughs> and wasn't like the Wild West like a lot of it built by prostitutes and uh, madams and absolutely and there's a whole history of that in new orleans as well yeah there's there's a ton of there's a ton of history there yeah so, so now it's happening on the internet and now it's happening on the internet blazing trails yeah <laughs> yeah but in the meantime people are gonna lose their income and feel really burnt out and also die so it's like it's hopeful, but also like when is this gonna when is this cycle gonna end? I so ask my you. question is, what like what do we do? Well, one thing that you can do is the thing that I all, hope we have all learned how to do better in the past year and a half, which is call your representatives, call your senators, and you know make that a part of your routine. It can be hard to do. I, I definitely know how sometimes it just feels like one more thing, one more overwhelming thing to do, but there are so many resources online um, for just like how little time it can take and just a script and then you read it and, and it's done. Um, and, and also having these conversations and being educated and being aware that, you know, you can talk about it in a way where you're advocating for sexual freedom or for sex workers rights but you can also talk about it in terms of net neutrality you can also talk about it in terms of of the freedom to express ourselves online like even if it is not about sex and the way that sex workers are the canary in the coal mine right and um uh like if they're coming for us they're coming for you next um so so having those having those conversations and fighting back against microaggressions is a little way that you can do it and uh and also supporting sex workers and following sex workers while we are still on the internet and listening to us and listening to what we have to say um uh coming to events like this <laughs> uh absolutely and you know there are there are more i mean there's a a bill in California right now that you don't have to be in California to um, to call um, state senators there and and protest. So just you know like read read about it and educate yourself. That's like one. That's a place that you can that you can start. Yeah, and I think giving sex workers your money. Also, yes. give us your money. Pay for your porn. Yes, pay for your porn. Well, let's talk about that. Actually, that's a that's a really good segue. And thank you for going on this political journey with us. Uh, why should people pay for their porn? Why should I pay for porn when I can just watch the gangbangs that I like to watch on Pornhub, guys? I have to keep myself from screaming. First. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's so much better to pay. The paid stuff is so much better. Holy shit. <laughs> <laughs> um, there's like, you know, a community around your favorite porn stars. They have their own True. websites. They have, a lot of them have like personal uh, like cam sites. And you can be like, hey, uh, I really like uh, like red pumps or something. Can you wear that? Like, I'm going to donate 50 bucks. Do you have that in your closet? Can you just like be on film? You can get 
all kinds of things. And I'm only talking about like the benefits to you, but your favorite porn star now has like more money. They can eat. They can like make more content because you know their rent is paid. It's great. But you can also get like a ton of things. People on like you know. Um, Damn, it was the name of that website. Like, my, I'm blanking. Um, on OnlyFans, will be like, hey, uh, like, I have a sale going on because I really want this. And I'll, like, send you guys all personal, like, videos. Like or a short... Polaroid, speaking yeah. of Instax, analog. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I want to write an essay about ins- the, like, resurgence of instant film and, like, sex workers. Like, totally. Mm-hmm. It's amazing. Yeah, <laughs> and that, that, that interaction and that customizable nature of of interacting with online sex workers um and and actually actually supporting them and actually like voting with your dollars and you know it is kind of like making the organic free range choice (laughs) and yeah i mean exactly with free porn you get what you pay for and yeah yeah, like the search experience, like I'll be like, yeah, like me and my partner, let's like look at something hot. And you open up the browser for the free sites and there's pop-ups and there's like weird ads and the whole like experience of looking for something that you're into is is kind of painful and, and, and like triggering and like uh, exhausting. You're like, like, let's just like get some food instead or something. I don't know. Um, <laughs> it's, it's like very, yeah. Um, but then when you have a paid experience, it's just, it's much nicer and you're choosing like to be in a space that you, you know, you enjoy and you get straight to the good stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know where it's coming from. Like you said, the mm-hmm. chickens and the eggs or something. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of different like body types and like mm. um, different peoples that are like underrepresented in um, your run of the mill like straight porn that you're gonna find on uh, whatever free websites and it'll almost always be like a six minute clip and you'll be like well that was nice I guess I'll go find another one meanwhile you can find a porn star that's like tier like that you really like and you're like wow this person's great they're beautiful like um, I want to see more stuff like the content they make you can get really really individual um, or really like creative things that you're not going to get from like uh, Pornhub or X videos. I agree. Thanks guys. <laughs> <laughs> this has been a public service announcement <laughs> about paying for porn. One other thing that I, that I wanted to say is that pleasure chest does sell both porn DVDs as well as erotica books and I'm wondering, this is, this is probably um, a little bit better for you, Leon, although, Mackenzie, you might be aware or you might be able to, like, quick run and look. Like, if there is any, like, porn DVD or, like, erotica book that is for sale here that you recommend? Um, um, there is... I guess I can also... Like, a, I can't remember the title right now. There's, like, a... Describe it. I'll tell you what it's, it's called. It's about threesomes, and oh. I am... Is like, it fluid? It was that one fluid. I haven't even finished reading. I was gonna buy it, but I have not picked it up. I yet. was in a series <laughs> called Fluid that was all like, there was one that was like, uh, all like, boy boy girl bisexual scenes, mm-hmm. and then one that was all girl girl boy bisexual scenes. I don't know. Ooh. Seems like something that would. It was directed by Madison Young. Oh, I have not seen that yet. Uh, I haven't seen. Yeah. That. I want to. I want to see that. That sounds good. Uh, yeah. <laughs> 
back in the day, man. Um, yeah, let's see what else is here. I mean, there's like classic. My favorite, like classic golden age of golden age of porn movie is the opening of Misty Beethoven, which is like a Pygmalion, like My Fair Lady story, um, and has a pegging scene in it, and it's like very like. It's, it's, you know, it's both like novelty watching because it's like classic cheesy 70s <laughs> porn, but um, it's like, it's, it's hot. Wanna, I've masturbated to it. I want to build a collection of like classic porn titles like you would get like classic movies like Godfather mm. or something. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And make, make it a box set, please. Exactly. Thanks. Oh, like, criteri- like a Criterion <laughs> yes. series with like extras. And like director's I'm here for commentary. It. Yeah, that, that sounds great. great. I want porn to get like silver screen quality mm. um, in stories. That would be great if you could get like really high fidelity uh, camera work in stories with your porn. What like like blue like Blu-ray? Yeah. Porn. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. Have you guys had the experience of of watching porn with friends? Yeah. Like in a movie they theater, all, they or... all become my friends. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, have you ever watched porn in a theater? I actually did a screening. How was that? Fucking awesome. What did you screen? Uh, so this theater in Brooklyn called Syndicated was kind enough to let me do a screening uh, for Valentine's Day, and we did uh, your birthday. birthday. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's like the unofficial magazine birthday too. <laughs> um, where we did um, Erica Lust screenings in the beginning. Um, yeah, anything where you, directed by Erica Lust, I would recommend. You just, like, sure. walked in to get your seat. The lights are still up, and there's just, like, straight-up porn, beautiful porn happening. Nice. Um, and one night we did uh, Crash, um, the Cronenberg Crash. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I lo- I lo- yeah, I love. <laughs> and then love the Crash second night we did uh, Secretary. Um, awesome. And I think it was like the same night that like the second Fifty Shades came out or something like that. We're like, let's start with the OG. That's a much better film to watch. <laughs> Agreed. Um, but yeah, it, it was amazing. Um, what would you say is the difference between a hardcore movie where the people are actually having sex versus a feature, like a mainstream feature like Secretary or even Crash where the sex is simulated? There's like a focus on uh, penetrative acts, and then there's in the, the in the, the hardcore, and then there's like the the fade to black or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> right. there, there's like the implied sex act, and then there's the 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 vivid sex act. I guess be the difference. What do you think are the benefits of one or the other? They can both be done terribly, and they can both be done very well. True. Yeah. That's true. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if I could. I mean, I feel like some people, some people feel that things are more erotic when like something is left to the, to the imagination. Those people probably just haven't seen very good porn. <laughs> I agree. I agree. I did. I, I guess I've seen a lot of porn on the big screen. <laughs> so we did that screening. And then more recently I went to um, House of Yes and oh. there was a screening. Nice. Um, I'm, I'm really wishing I remembered the producer's name, Galaxy something. Um, I'm looking at you for the, all the answers. No, I don't. I, don't. Um, I mean, I love House of Yes, but I've never watched porn it was there. A, it was a great screening. Uh, Maria Riot's in it. Um, oh, cool. And it was maybe 45 minutes long. Um, 
it's sort of part of this like foreplay event where people are dressed all cool and kind of chatting and and it's a social environment and um I I was actually like fatigued by all the fucking. <laughs> and you weren't even having the sex. You were just fatigued yeah. by watching it. I'm like, really? Okay, they're gonna they're gonna he's gonna eat her pussy again. All right, okay, that's cool. All right. Where did did you feel like frustrated? I I don't know. Maybe if I was playing along, I wouldn't have been so fatigued. Maybe that's it. There, I I didn't have any release. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> it was all foreplay for me. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, I I enjoy watching it on the big screen, and it's interesting to sort of watch people's general reactions. You know, there'd be like clusters where like laughing would arise, and I try to like figure out like what where that was coming from. And, totally. Um, it, yeah, it's interesting. <laughs> Like a, ner a nervous energy. Like side eye the uh, laughing crowd a little bit. Um. I would just want to go over there and be like, what's the joke? Like, what's up? What are we insecure about, guys? Let's talk about it. <laughs> 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 um, oh, I, and I've also been to Hump Film Festival. Oh, cool. We were like I a media have, partner. Oh, nice. I have not done any screening. Um, I, I would love to. This sounds like the thing to do with friends especially like once you've seen porn together like there's like no closer you can get that's that's a really intimate moment you share um i've like done screenings at like home with friends like whether it was like animated porn or like live i have i have friends who are like way way too close so they've like um seen like personal pics of mine <laughs> and it's just like hey man remember that one time and i'm like shh, 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 we're, in, we're in public stop. <laughs> uh, <laughs> boundaries boundaries are good boundaries yes perfect um i definitely want to get into going out to uh, screenings more um there are like a lot of wonderful producers a lot of wonderful things like um i remember when i found out about crash pad mm. um and i was like this is really great because you get a completely different like focus than you do in typical porn which tends to feel so super like fabricated mm. um and i mean they all go to the same exact house in the hollywood hills to record anyway <laughs> yeah, they go. It's a bunch of different houses. <laughs> they all have the same white uh, white tiles and. <laughs> um, just to plug myself, um, uh, on Thursday we're actually going to be screening Crash Pad um, at there, our party. The, the the first movie. Because oh. there's a there's a ser there's like a membership site like Crash series. Pad series. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh, cool. I. Uh, not to be outdone, I'm shooting a crash pad scene on Saturday. Wow. What's up? <laughs> I, yeah, this so. wasn't rehearsed at <laughs> all. <laughs> I, I'm happy to always endorse a crash pad series. It's great queer porn made um, by queer people of color in San Francisco. And uh, they've been around for a long time, keeping it real. And there's something for everybody on that side. But it's true, it feels more like a documentary, but like a beautifully lit documentary by people who went to film school. <laughs> Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. 
Does anybody out there have a topic, a wire people into that topic that they want to ask us? Yeah. As the resident straight guy, I'm. <laughs> um, I think it has a lot to do with like the taboo. Of can you everything. actually? Can you repeat the uh, the question? Since oh uh, right, right, yeah. right. So the question was, um, why are uh, a lot of straight guys into trans porn? And I think it has a lot to do with the taboo as far as like the way um, society frames like uh, male straightness. And like what they should be into so it, it feels like a huge departure it feels like oh this is wrong in some kind of way and that can be really arousing to some people um also they could be into a whole lot of things and never explore that because of societal pressure to maintain this kind of masculine image to uh you know be that manly man a man's man that everybody wants to do uh and with trans porn you can get like so many different things that you don't, you can see rather, some of the different things that you don't see in like straight porn. And he's like, oh, uh, I won't feel bad about this because like the way I perceive this person, they're a woman, even if like they have a penis or what, it, like it's, it's freeing in a way, I like to think. <laughs> yeah, and like just to clarify, like if you're watching, if you're straight cisgender man and you're watching a and you're watching a cisgender man have sex with a trans woman, that is straight sex because trans women are women. The end. <laughs> you know, people, uh, self-identification is the most important thing and mm -hmm. some, uh, you know, all different kinds of trans people identify in all kinds of different ways. They might identify as queer, they might identify as straight, they might identify as gay, et cetera, et cetera. But, um, it's really as simple as if you are attracted to women, then trans women are a part of that category. But if you haven't, if you perhaps have not had an, ex if, if you haven't had the experience of sleeping with a trans woman, then watching porn is a way of exploring a curiosity that you might have about that experience. But it's just, we have a problem in our society of not treating trans people as full human beings, especially trans women. So it is really important that if you're curious about that sexually, and also if you're not, <laughs> actually all people curious or, n or not, uh, it's, it's very important that we, that, we, that we work hard to push back against a lot of the bullshit that is still going on in 2018 about the human nature and human rights of trans people. Any other wire people into that? I have one. Oh yeah. <laughs> um, why, are, why are people, I feel like I have to phrase it like on Jeopardy or something. <laughs> 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 why are people into vor? I feel like I'm on the edge of really like internalizing it. Get it? <laughs> no? consuming it uh can you can you tell the people at home or the people here can you tell us what vor is is i'm i'm gonna try i think that it's when you're into being consumed or con consuming someone is literally it consuming like cannibalism like eating like hannibal lecter 
but I also recognize that people don't like literally want to do that. Some people do, but that is much more rare. It is mostly a fantasy. The fantasy yeah. of dot dot. Yeah. 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 So wait, but you, you want to know why people are into it, but you think that you might be into it? So why are you, why do you I don't, think that? No, I don't, I don't know that I'm into it. I want to, I want to understand. But you don't know. <laughs> I want to understand it. Why do you think you might be? Why I might be into it? Why might you be into it? I'm curious. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I, well, I was thinking about... Um, <laughs> um, like, like, uh, like putting somebody in your mouth, right? Like that's a common sex act with different body parts, but taking it further to like them becoming more, even more a part of you or advice or vice versa. Um. But the, but the violent a aspect of it, I don't know like how that plays into it. it if it has to do with, yeah, I don't know. I want to know. <laughs> Why? Well, absolutely. I absolutely agree with that, uh, uh, that that is a part of it. The idea of, of being, I think for some people, there is a, a fantasy of just being so obsessed with someone or someone being so obsessed with you that they literally have to consume you. Because part of it is like not, not even parts. It's all like suddenly all of you is inside of somebody else, like in their stomach, right? <laughs> Like that's that's really interesting, and you're like absorbing their nutritional value, you know. <laughs> and then and then does that transition into High being protein. a little? High it, it, it might. <laughs> into being a little? Yeah. Can you define Yo. what, what a little is? Um, like a little. Oh my God! Please introduce me to the like. I would like to go to the munch of the little cannibals. <laughs> <laughs> like you were re you were reborn as a little. Oh. You, yeah, you see what I'm getting at. Kind of. So you're so you're so you're consumed by your person, and you feed off of their nutrients as like a baby would, and then you and then you you move through that phase into the phase of being like a baby. I think that I know about something that's going to be in the next issue of your magazine. <laughs> <laughs> These are the kinds of things I tweet about at like three o'clock in the morning. And I'm like, can someone please like just make this photo shoot happen? I don't even know where to start. Like, <laughs> um, uh, I don't know about like being reborn as a little, but um, I do have a partner who likes to bite really hard. I was like, one day you're going to get like a decent chunk of me. And they're like, then you'll be a part of me forever. And I was like, wow. uh, like I find that kind of sweet. Like I don't want to be eaten, but at the same time, I'm just like, oh, that you would say that is like, really nice. Yeah. I mean, I think that, I mean, anytime there's something that is so extreme that it is beyond like a risk aware assessment of danger and into uh like literal destruction um and and or death I, I think that that can be an exciting, uh, you know, so some people are ex ex excited by extreme things. Some people are, are just excited about something because it's, I mean, I, I am not particularly excited by like uh, cannibalism, but <laughs> um, I know I'm such a poser. <laughs> um, but, uh, I'm not particularly excited by cannibalism, but I, I, I do love things that are disgusting like just because they're disgusting. And I mean, one thing that is definitely a, a part of, of what we're talking about that is something that you can do 
without um like breaking someone's skin or killing them or like uh, actually like consuming human flesh is like like consuming like their their piss for example which is Mm -hmm. sterile and they weren't using it you know (laughs) i was totally thinking that yeah Yeah. or their spit or their cum like you know i mean there there are people who are into to blood play which you know is definitely something that you know you uh, should only do if you're educated about it, um, but uh, and you know making a risk or assessment. But you know it's possible to like to like cut the skin or like consume someone's blood without killing them, right? So you know some people are into that. You, I mean, yeah. fundamentally, it's exciting because you're not supposed to do it, and like <laughs> if you literally can never and should never do it, like then that's even more exciting for a lot of people. <laughs> And I've been watching the TV show, The Santa Clara Diet or whatever, uh, where she's, she like eats people. So maybe, maybe that has to do with it too. I have, I've met a lot of people who have like, um, gotten, not cast, but gotten their teeth permanently turned into like fangs and whatnot and very into like vampire stuff. And I mean, kind of part of why Twilight got so popular in the first place. Cause it's like, Oh, I just, I just want him to bite me and like suck my blood. It's going to be great. Like I'll, I'll feel him. <laughs> Um, I mean, I uh, yeah, I've been rewatching True Blood actually, and uh, I am like, incre- literally every time on that show somebody goes for the neck, which is like five times an episode. I'm just like, woo! I just, I just, I love it. I totally want it. Ooh. I've, I've always like Buffy. I was always like, yes, Eric Northman. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not endorsing eating human flesh, however, but I'm not not endorsing. <laughs> just 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 consent is the most important thing just the nibble i mean that's i mean that you know that's sort of like the the ethical question of like the sort of extremes of consent right like there there have been cases where someone has wanted to be cooked and eaten you guys were not expecting this when you came here today where <laughs> <laughs> if somebody wants to be cooked and eaten by someone who wants to cook and eat them where, you know, where are the ethics of that? What do you guys think? I mean, that's con- everybody's consenting, ad- a consenting adult. Well, that's a tough question. As far as like ethics goes, there's like, I guess two schools of thought where it's just like, Oh, you judge it on some like moral compass. Um, or just like you, the don't eat people moral exactly, compass. Yeah. Like yeah. That basic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but there's another school of thought where it's just like, uh, if you're not a part of that community, if you don't understand like their ethics inside and out, like you're not um, uh, in, introduced, you're not, what's the word I'm looking at? Inducted. inducted yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Into yeah. that community, then you can't possibly understand um, their methods. You can't possibly understand what makes this right or wrong or what's satisfying to both parties. It's a really good point. Mm-hmm. I dig that. <laughs> Okay, so the question is about financial domination, and uh, luckily for you, I did an entire episode about financial domination. It's called Why Are People Into Cash? It's with my friend Lorelai Lee, and so you can listen to that in length, but, uh, you know, uh, the the short answer to your question where you say, oh, you know, if I'm going to, like, give money and get nothing in return, um, I'll, I'll pay my taxes, uh, but... Uh, you are getting something in return. You're you're getting you're getting attention. You're getting the satisfaction of 
uh, of, of giving money to someone that you want to have money. You are, uh, you're purging money that you feel that you have too much of maybe because of wage disparity. Um, and, uh, you've, you know, there are like all kinds of, all kinds of reasons. And if you are like, if everyone involved is consenting, then like it's, 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 it's an exchange and it's, you know, probably more, a more advisable exchange than cannibalism. (laughs) What do you guys think? Yeah. Um, there's like a lot of control in money and uh, I've noticed that. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> um, so letting go of that money is part of letting go of that control. Right. Like Absolutely. Um, a lot of people like I would love to have that kind of money and just be like, here, take my credit card and get whatever. Like to see that happiness on that person's face and know like, yeah, you know, in some way I did that. That mm-hmm. is a satisfaction that I'm getting. Um, and it demonstrates that you have a kind of power that you're relinquishing to that other person. Exactly. <laughs> totally. Mm-hmm. It's, it's compersion. In, in oh, yeah. <laughs> well, I hope you get really rich and then give it all away. Yeah, to all my good friends and uh, you know fellow sex workers. <laughs> just, <laughs> wow. The government's been really shit. Here's some cash. Just have yeah. a ball. <laughs> I like looking at... Um, Amazon wish lists for people <laughs> and I would love to just go through and buy cute stuff for for all these people like that would bring me a lot of pleasure <laughs> so hopefully I'll get rich soon too so we get so <laughs> another you know another thing that you can do is give us money so that we can give it to cute people so they can buy cute things and then you're getting something which is that's just fun right that doesn't that sound fun um yeah cool so i i uh i feel like we have time for one more why are people into that is anyone bursting with a question yeah so for me i've i've loved porn since i was really young it's really helped me embrace my sexuality hell yeah but one of my biggest issues with porn lately especially has been about this sole focus on satisfying the male gaze Mm. Mm-hmm. Because to me, being a minority and also being a woman and being from another country, all of these things kind of resonate with me in a different way in that I see it as like assert, very obvious things, asserting male dominance. Um, maybe a lot of the forced blowjobs I've seen have been like Mexican women being like slapped during it and calling mm-hmm. being called spicks, and it seems like almost desires in a way that they're not allowed to express. Mm-hmm. Um, Also, the things that are taking away from it. Well, what a beautiful, 
beautiful version of that question. Thank you for asking that. Uh, do you guys want to jump in on that? Uh, well, it is really like a really crazy space when it comes to like um, feminized bodies in porn, as well as centering around like race and everything. There, it's it's a very like really hard to talk about because. Like, say, if you look up threesomes or anything in there, this is, like, a little tangent, but if you look up threesomes, it's the... If it's going to have any, like, masculine bodies in there, it's usually going to be a white man. So if I search, oh, um, Spanish, threesome, blah, 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 it's not going to be three Hispanic people. It's going to be, like, two Hispanic people and a white guy. And, like, someone online blew my mind in a conversation, and they were like, you know, um, gangbangs and, like, threesomes don't have to be centered around some, like, uh, cishet Caucasian male. And I was like, holy shit, and went on, like, a three-day tirade looking for threesomes with just all people of color. Um, It's... Like, it's, it, I understand, like, your love-hate relationship because of that. Because some people do like forced blowjobs. You can have, like, a consensual thing with that. But a lot of times, um, what you see online is based in a lot of violence and a lot of, like, racial, like, perceived racial superiority. Um, and that's why, like, paying for your porn is so important. You can support your, like, persons of color, your women, your, your, your uh, at-risk communities that way and finally see porn that you want to see, like, a completely different lens, so it's not through, like, straight male gaze, um, and giving people consent and showing that, you know, this was agreed upon, this was talked about, and that afterwards, you know, there's no, um, there's no bad blood, there's no racial tension, there's no, um, like, there's no lording someone's sex or, like, putting down someone's, like, gender identity, uh, like, coming from that. Uh, yeah, absolutely. I think the answer to your question lies in who's in a position of power for who is producing the porn or hosting it. Um, there's a monopoly over a lot of the websites that are controlled by what, who you might imagine. Um, and I think that a lot of lazy decision making has been prevalent in those spaces where um, the content is decided based on like algorithms. And like when people go to those sites, like your experience where all you see is like young women being forced into situations, right? And there's like, when you think that that's your only option, like you just keep watching what you think is available to you and, and it's hard to like look outside of that um, that bubble. And so it's like a self-reinforcing trend, right? So all these sites, they like dominate the internet. Anytime you put in like a threesome or whatever, like you're gonna see their content. So I think more and more people are trying to look outside of that space and they're seeking porn producers like myself where, um, I'm, I'm not that those dudes, you know, I'm not that monopoly and I'll tell you how we're making our stuff and I'll make a point of breaking those shitty norms um, and listening to the people who like want something new. Hell yeah. And I, I would just reiterate that the part of uh, like something that, that Leon said earlier with, with paying for your porn and getting 
uh, and getting customized porn and just one sec. Up, upper East Side uh, hooligans. Um, podcast. <laughs> so observant. So, <laughs> so what I want to say is that it is b- because tube sites, most of which are I could like go into this. There's actually a really great uh, audio documentary called The Butterfly Effect that I, that I highly recommend if you want to learn more about how porn has changed over the past 10, 15 years. But um, a lot of the tube sites are, are owned by the same uh, company that used to be called Manwin. Seriously, true story. Um, and so so because, because the free porn model has has made has decimated the industry there's more and more DIY bespoke indie porn being produced by people like Mackenzie and uh, and, uh, and of, of all different kinds both analog physical form that you can hold in your hands and smell and uh, <laughs> and 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 videos and pictures uh, or even like camming or relationships that you can have with folks on with folks online for now and 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 because of that getting getting customized bespoke porn has has become very affordable because this is like the business model that people have and a lot of the time the people that are making that porn are women and other people who have been historically disenfranchised by the adult entertainment industry. If you want to know more about that, you can read an article that I wrote uh, that came out on Rolling Stone about a month ago that was about going to the like biggest adult entertainment convention uh, in Vegas. Um, and, and so basically what, what I want to suggest is finding porn stars that you that you like maybe that you see yourself in or that you identify with you know if you follow them on social media you get a sense of their personality and then i promise you that if you go to their website if you go to their social media profile there will be a link for you to contact them and say hey you know this is my budget i would really love to see a like a a, a blowjob that like doesn't involve choking or like whatever it is that you know i would like to see this and i would really like not like to see this like can you make me a video that has XYZ and doesn't have any racial epithets, like, you know, like whatever, whatever it is that you want, or like something, you know, or you can say like, I really want you to like pretend to like barbecue and eat each other, you know, like <laughs> that might like cost a premium rate. But, uh, but, but the point is, is that you can, you can, you can, and they, and they also might say no because sex workers have the best boundaries. But anyway, the, the point is, is that, you know, if you have, if you want to decide what your porn budget is, it's possible for you to interact with the people. And then you also know that the people who are making this entertainment that you are, that you are consuming and enjoying um, are the people that you have interacted with and you, you know that they're consenting and you know that they are in, yeah. <laughs> that, that, <laughs> that, that you are, uh, that, you see what I'm saying. Um, okay. Um, it's not yelling at me. Uh, it's not about me. Uh, anyway, does, does, that, does that answer? I, you know, the, one other, the only other thing that I wanted to say is that this is, this is New York City. There's nothing to be done about that. The, the other thing that I wanted to say is that, you know, when you are watching a scene, 
when you are voyeuring to a video of people having sex, like you, you don't actually know like what the people in the scene are desiring. And the, the people, like some people do enjoy submission. Some people are masochists. Some people like, some people like to be dominated. So, so it is possible that the woman, you know, like participating in the scene of the like quote unquote forced blowjob really likes that kind of oral sex or likes that kind of scene. You know, I, for example, like really love to be called a slut, right? I don't want that guy to call me a slut <laughs> on the street, but I might want my partner to call me a slut and that's hot in that context. Right. So, so, um, so sex can, can, uh, make, you know, like, like what's bad is good and what's good is bad. Like, and, uh, so you, just because you're seeing a scene that has, that has male dominance in it doesn't mean that it is a a story that is only about the the man's subjectivity or the the male dominance. Um, and so that that's just something that that I would suggest. Um, you know, uh, not like reading porn so literally um, and thinking about like the time. Like if you think about someone who doesn't know you watching you having sex, thinking about all of the assumptions that they might make or misconceptions that they might have based on just watching you. That's like another thing that I would suggest that you think about. And also for my money, literally porn is the place where I see the most expression, the most potent expressions of female desire and sexual aggression and women saying, this is what I want, whatever it is, way more than on TV and in movies of any era. And I don't think porn gets enough credit for that. But shut that guy up too. <laughs> um, cool, so we are, it's nine o'clock. So, and we're just riling everybody up in the Upper East Side. So do you guys have any th closing things you want to say? I can tell that you're a good dom, just based on the way you kind of repositioned us, you know, in, in relation to the guy yelling outside. <laughs> like, like you dommed him without him even knowing that, like he was trying to dom us, but you, you more dommed him. So. Oh, well, not <laughs> no, he should be so lucky. <laughs> um, I have a rage You're full that. of uh, surprises. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Um, I just want to say thanks to everybody who like came out. Um, we, we we've run into a little little difficulties here and there, but like you know we stuck through it. I love the questions and everything. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Well, listen, I also really want to thank you so much for, uh, for, for listening and being active listeners and participating. I definitely want to thank the Pleasure Chest, uh, who continue to, you know, they've, they've uh, been uh, in New York City for almost 50 years, uh, providing spaces for us to have these conversations. And I think that, especially in these terrifying times, that that is really fucking important for us to meet in meet space uh, to, to talk about sex. And uh, I want to thank Acast, who are my awesome uh, podcast hosts, who, uh, who also sponsor the amazing live engineer for the night, Ben Weber, who is hanging out in the back. Everybody give it up for Ben. Yes, there he is. And he's going to take our picture. <laughs> 
<laughs> he does everything. He slices. He dices. <laughs> and I definitely would love you all to give it up for Leon, who works here at the Pleasure Chest. One thing that, that I want to really emphasize in case you don't know is that everybody that works at the Pleasure Chest goes through uh, a, a very intensive education program. So they, they are designed. They, they are designed. They, they are, pleasure they, Chest they, robots. They are, <laughs> they're built for pleasure. No, they, they are. They, they, um, they're here not just to offer you amazing customer service, but also to answer any questions that you have about the, the shopping that you want to do. And there's everything here from vibrators to porn uh, to to lube and safer sex products and, and all of that kind of stuff. So uh, Leon and, and all the folks that are working here are, uh, are are here for you. And I definitely want to thank our special guest, Mackenzie Peck. Everybody give it up for Mackenzie. And... I have a very special announcement, which is that when you attend this or any other Pleasure Test event, you get 15% off any shopping that you do, but you have to do it tonight. So uh, the store is open till midnight, so you have plenty of time to shop for whatever you're in the mood for, and I highly encourage you to do so. I think we're open till 10 tonight. Yo, we're so open yeah. till 10? <laughs> 10, 10, 10. Well, then you better all get on it. Because <laughs> you only have an hour. So thank you so much and give yourselves a round of applause. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. <laughs> 